Okay. I think I'm recording now. Stay safe, stay sane. Well, we're very slowly starting to see a gradual lifting of lockdown here in Ireland and indeed in other places across the globe. I'm Mark Quinn and thanks for being here on Stay Safe, Stay Sane, where we observe talk at a safe distance by checking in with people all over the world to see how they're coping. In this episode, we hear from Sweden, where there's no lockdown, but rather an adult approach has been encouraged by their government. Is it working? Well, maybe we'll get to find out a little more about how it's going there. We'll talk about the pros and cons of wearing masks from a science-based podcaster in Madrid. And we'll hear from County Kerry on isolation, Valencia Island style. A few days ago, I took a walk to the harbour area of the seaside town of Bray, where I live. So I'm down here at the bridge that joins the two sides of the harbour here in Bray and it's a lovely sunny morning here and there's some work going on, some maintenance work going on on the railway bridge, the dark bridge there and Mark Nevin's with me now and Mark, tell me what's going on here today. Well, this is an ongoing maintenance that Irish Rail would be conducting surveys on all of the bridges on the network and from time to time, obviously some work uh, repair work or otherwise would need to be carried out. That's what's going on in Bray here at the moment, where we have a team of experts in from the UK, where they're essentially they're jacking the bridge up ever so slightly and putting what I can only describe as shock absorbers in, which help to take the load of so many trains passing over the metal bridge, and it acts as like a little buffer between the brickwork and the metal bridge. And this is precipitated by the fact that a couple of years ago they had a serious problem in Balbriggan where one of the trains narrowly missed going into the sea and the bridge collapsed shortly after that train had passed over, isn't that right? That's exactly what happened and there was calls at the time that perhaps if more of a regular maintenance had occurred on the bridge it probably wouldn't have happened but obviously maintenance wasn't top of the list at the time. That's a bit concerning isn't it? Uh, it is a bit, it is a bit, but when you are dealing with an, uh, a network, a rail network covering the country, it must be very difficult to get around everything and sort of assess it for its state of repair. So this bridge here, uh, built by Dargan, as the, the link between Kingstown and Bray, or Dunleary and Bray, back mm. in 1854. Like, it's incredible that it's still standing and still robust, isn't it? Yeah. It's a credit to their skills, and when you consider they didn't have any heavy machinery back then, it was really just brute force or dynamite to blasting out tunnels. But basically, it's a credit to them, and it's still standing. And that railway bridge handles literally hundreds of dart and train crossings every day. Mark Nevin, and we'll catch up with Mark with more Railway Chat a little later. Greetings from beautiful Valencia Island. As my late guy used to say, we are absolutely poxed. I don't mean to sound smug, but we are on an island, obviously, and very small population. Where we are, our nearest neighbour is about half a mile away, so we're we're very used to (laughs) self-isolation. Twelve years ago, Paul and Paula Duff left the big smoke of Dublin and moved to Valencia Island, County Kerry, for a much simpler life and to a house with a beautiful view. 
This sounds a bit smug, but we're looking out on uh, across the way is Dingle. We have the lighthouse right be below us. We're on a we're on a, on a hill. We have the Blasket Islands out uh, out west, and next stop, as you say, is America. Past that, so being on a hill and looking down over the sea is uh, is very nice. It's the the price of isolation, particularly nowadays. It's very very much worth it. I run the lighthouse with two other guys voluntary. We had eighteen thousand visitors last year, but uh, it's unlikely we're going to open this year. We would we would due to be open now actually till the end of September. But I think even when this thing dies down, there's going to be a couple of months cooling off period. And of the population of the island there, like what uh, proportion would be say in the danger zone in terms of age? Well, there is a relative elderly population we have a community hospital here which is more or less a nursing home uh, that's obviously shut off it's all staffed by local people and they are wearing masks and gowns and and so on but everybody seems to be looking out for each other i suppose i suppose there's the difference between a small isolated community and you know a big town and certainly a certainly a city I mean, we're as I, say, I said earlier, we're poxed and we're looking in horror at the number of cases in the cities where obviously there's a much greater interaction between people. We have one shop where we have a Perspex screen and hand sanitizers and two people go in at one time, but there generally wouldn't be more than two people there anyway. And of course, the danger of all of this is that we don't know. It's all completely interminable. Nobody knows how long this is going to go on for. You know, I've given up looking at the journal because it seems to be as a load of gobshites who are experts and each contradicting each other. And we're trying to distance ourselves to a degree. We watch Channel 4 News and we watch the 6 o'clock news, but I'm trying to keep away from newspapers and stuff because of it. You know, we, we're aware of how difficult, how, you know, how tragic it is. So, so many people have gone through terrible times. The fantastic job the public service. I mean, the postman here was up earlier. He drops it in. He drops the post into her shed, but he's knocking in on elderly people, making sure they're okay. You know, there's a lot of frontline people doing great work. And if there is an emergency there, where is the nearest hospital? We have a small community hospital in Carsevine, but you re- we would be referred to uh, Tralee. Right. And how far away is that? It's a good hour and a half. Okay. And and you have a bit of land there. You do a bit of uh, growing of your own uh, crops and stuff. Uh, I know that. Yeah, it's good for the head, though. You know, you're creating something and it's something natural. But I supply lettuce and vegetables to two pubs and a hotel, one on the island and one in Carsevine. So I'm at the stage now where I'm about to sow seeds. So I don't know how many to sow because mm. I don't know what the demand is going to be because I don't know how many because we get a huge amount of visitors during the summer and I don't know how many people we're going to get down so pardon the poem but I got to plow on anyway mm. and because herself I slept the other night and I decided to have a conversation with my wife and I discovered she's a very nice person <laughs> excellent so there are advantages oh totally yeah yeah I mean we have a, we have a ferry during the summer but we have a bridge uh, and we planned to blow up the bridge, but then we discovered we'd no off-license on the island, so that wasn't, uh, that wasn't a runner. Paul Duff on the edge of Europe in beautiful isolation on Valencia Island. 
Now, while other countries all over the world were locking down, Sweden encouraged an adult approach to the threat of the coronavirus and kept its borders open, allowed restaurants and bars to keep serving, and placed no limits on public transport or visits to parks and the like. Hairdressers and fitness centres and some cinemas have even remained open for business. Julian Tynan O'Mahony is Irish and lives in Gothenburg, and he's taking the threat of the virus seriously. He also has a doctor friend who has his own theories about the future. He said, you know, we just have to wait until see what happens in the end. Mm. He reckons within a year, everyone in Sweden is going to have, have been exposed to the virus one way or another. He reckons that 90% of us will have a, a rather a heavy flu. And he reckons the 10%, they are the ones that will probably need to go to hospital. And then maybe 10% of that 10% uh, will be in a serious situation. And what do you feel about all of this? I, I take precautions. Um, the shops are still open. The off-license is open. Cinemas are closed. Pubs are um, open, but very few people are going to the pubs. Public transport is uh, a lot of the drivers are at home sick or don't feel like being exposed to the virus. So they're, they call in, uh, they're not well. Probably about 20% less, 15, 20% less than it was. Very few people are out on the streets now. Okay, but nonetheless, there still isn't a lockdown. And your prime minister has urged the public to behave like adults. Do people agree with this uh, this stance of his? Yeah, I, I think they do. <laughs> Well, I would describe the Swede, the ordinary Swede, as being conservative, will uh, law-abiding person. And they, they are taking heed of this. Unfortunately, they have said that two-thirds of the old folks' home have, in fact, got coronavirus in them. But surely, like an adult nation, an adult people, protect their young and elderly, they're the most vulnerable in society. I mean, yes. This doesn't sound to me like there's much protection in place for the elderly, if if, if the statistics you're quoting there in the old folks' homes is, are true. Yeah, no, that that is worrying. The 70-plus have been said that you're in the risk zone. We see a few 70-plus people out walking. We've had absolutely fantastic weather. So people are outside. They say sit outside, don't sit inside. Uh, sit at least two meters from your your neighbor and use plenty wash your hands plenty times i think in 80 90 percent of people observe these these uh, restrictions that have been put on us and all of these guidelines though across the world come from the top basically i mean you look you saw what happened in america where the, the reaction was so delayed and you've got trump saying one yeah. thing and then the medical advisor saying another and in the same press conference but uh trump aside i suppose uh most nations in the world that have a high risk and that's pretty much the whole world now at this stage are taking yes. fairly severe precautions and most people yeah. are observing that because most people are behaving like adults to quote your prime minister and it just seems to yeah. me there's an underlying you say stoicism and so on but there's a, it seems to me a, a slight arrogance here on the part of the swedes uh, is that fair i don't really think it's fair but it can be interpreted so yes <laughs> their idea is if everyone is on a, a lockdown, then people, when nothing really happens, people will start not believing that it was necessary, and then the outbreak will occur. 
And you're and, a teacher. Uh, you're a teacher of uh, people with special yes. needs. Yeah. This that must be it. Must be doubly challenging at the moment then, for you. Well, yeah, it is. I teach them horticultural classes, and it's very hard to do that on the computer. <laughs> mm, mm. But our classes are held online, and we do a lot of FaceTime kind of stuff, video calls. And we do a lot of questionnaires. That's that's what we work with just now. One of my work colleagues, his dad lived in Norway and died, and he can't go to the funeral. He could, but he had to get special permission from the police, and uh, so he decided not to go. I, I think we're in for a long haul here. This is Stay Safe, Stay Sane, where we observe talk at a safe distance by checking in with people all over the world to see how they're coping. From Gothenburg, we heard Julian Tynan O'Mahony. Hi. Hi, Carlos. Hi, how are you? Mark Quinn. Hi, Mark. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Carlos Alameda is the host of a science-based podcast from Madrid in Spain. Always happy to help other podcasters, I had a quick chat with Carlos about the subject that's dominating discussion in his recent episodes, some of the science behind the current coronavirus pandemic. It's incredible the capacity of this virus of being transmitted and of reproducing himself in our body. It's incredible. It's more than SARS. It's more than other coronavirus that we have seen. And for example, we are learning a lot about how important is the work of our researchers because they are working very hard on the vaccine and our best researchers are joining international teams. And they have four ways to attack the virus. But day by day, we are learning about new, new things new ways that they are trying to attack the virus. So it's incredible. It's like, wow, <laughs> they are doing a very, very good job. And can you explain to me, from a scientific point of view, how long are we going to have to behave like this and isolate and so forth? Yeah. Um, for example, we talked uh, yesterday with a mathematician that is uh, making some projections about that. And he said that Unless at July or June, here in Spain, we are not going to uh, have some normality. Not like in the past, because we are going to have to use masks and, and other things. It's very difficult. We are always looking to Italy because it's our mirror. We are seeing that in Italy, the, the, the measures are going to be extended. We don't know. We don't know. It, it's difficult. I know. And there's lots of differing opinions about masks. I'm just wondering, from a scientific point of view, what, what's the analysis on the masks? Because what I've heard is that really a mask is only useful if you have the virus so that you don't spread it to others. Yeah, it, it's very controversial in the scientist com community. Okay, my my conclusion is that it's not bad to wear mask, even if you are not infected, because scientists are not very very clear in that question. But we don't know. We don't know because um, the the virus it's, it's, is in the air. <laughs> I think that here in Spain it's going to be normal to to see more people with masks. 
Okay, because one of the other things I, I also hear again, I, I heard on a, another scientific podcast from America, is that a lot of people that wear masks, they, they constantly touch the mask because it's uncomfortable. And in so doing, they then pick up the germs, they move the germs onto their face. And really, at the end of the day, it's a complete waste of time. It's important don't touch our faces. And if we have masks, like you said, and we are touching our face because it's not very... It's normal, you know. No, of course. It's yeah, difficult so. to... To have to have a mask, but but we we, we have to 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 read the guides, and to put the mask and to use the mask because a lot of people is putting the mask badly, and using the, the mask badly. So it's it's going to to be um, worse. Carlos Alameda, and we'll post a link to his science-based podcast, which is in Spanish, on our Facebook and Instagram pages. It's fair to say that Mark Nevin is fascinated by railways. When we met him earlier, it was at the bridge that links the south and north sides of Bray Harbour, and we were chatting while watching the essential maintenance work that was going on there at the time. Our conversation carried on into all things railway. For most people who have an interest in things that run on rails, you like to just try and develop it into your own vision of it. And I suppose what I'm talking about there is model railways. Uh, you can various ways of doing it you can do attic conversions take over a room or in my case buy a large shed for your back garden and just put it into it the ultimate man shed then the ultimate man shed <laughs> where did this start were you, you always interested in railways ever since I was a child my mum reckons that an aunt of mine used to bring me down as a child to Bray Station and put me up on the footplate of the steam locomotive and I suppose if it didn't start there, it wouldn't start anywhere. Absolutely. And, you know, I remember my father was also interested in railways in a big mm. way too, so we used to take the steam train journeys and so on. Right. And it's funny how, <clears throat> how the sound and the smell and the whole experience comes back to you. Because I remember as a child the steam trains as well. I mean, I'm that old. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a living, breathing machine. When it's, when it's not fired up and it's just sitting there, it just looks impressive. But when you get it fired up and it's steam up to its right pressure, it's like a living thing. Yeah. It's, it's the only way I can describe it. Tell me a little bit about Dargan and what he did and, and, and the, the incredible work that was done around the side of Bray Head with the railway there because he had a challenge to try and get, go, go further south than Bray, didn't he? It did. Originally the plan was that the rail was going to go inland via the Glen of the Downs. But Lord Meath obviously owned all that area and there was some disagreement about, or it was too expensive, I, I'm not too sure the reason why, but it was decided to take this route now where it runs around the side of Bray Head. It was quite a feat in that day and age when you considered they had no heavy machinery for digging. Everything was done by hand or blasted. Um, the pathway, which is known as the Cliff Walk, was actually developed to bring in supplies for that line as it was being built, as it went along. So that's the history behind that. So back to your, your shed, your man shed, with, which has yeah. your railway in it. Um, presumably that's helping get you through this uh, isolation that we're all going through at the moment. But I've said it so many times to so many people, I don't know what I would have done without it. It's not a hobby that would ever save anybody's life, but it would save your sanity. 
and anybody who's seen it in action, or me in action with it, says it's a very therapeutic looking way of spending a period of time. So tell me what you do, like when you go there, for example. Like well, you know, the weekend I was making, uh, retaining walls with hillsides behind and then landscaping them with trees and fake grass and so on and so forth. You can't really do it justice by talking about it. You really need to see it. It's never a hobby you're ever finished. There's always something else needs changing. Mark Nevin, chatting with me at a safe distance at Bray Harbour. Now, as things begin to slowly transition to a new normal... I decided it was time to revisit some of those people I've been speaking to over past episodes. Mariana Mongasi works in Madrid, but her home is in Zaragoza. She has been effectively trapped alone in Madrid, although she has an apartment there, for some two months. She goes to work every day and keeps herself busy, but being apart from her family has been hard. I spoke with her first five weeks ago, so it was definitely time to catch up. Hello, Mark. Ah, Mariana. Buenos dias. (laughs) Buenos dias. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? We are so happy, you know. We we started to go out to run and to walk. Uh, Well, this started on the 2nd of May. It was the first day. And we cannot believe we were so happy, you know. We could go around at least one hour or one hour and a half every day. Uh, The first day, it was like a big fiesta. So the streets were full, 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 full. Well, they they went mad. Everybody went mad. It's getting better. And I think we are happier. We're happier. At least we see there's an end, you know. And uh, it's going to be long, but we see an end. There's light at the end of the channel. Now, you know, when I stand uh, out in the street, I can hear the noise. I can hear people singing. I can hear people talking, shouting. We are starting, you know, to recover everything. They, 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 they establish like uh, from six to 10 people who want to go walk, to go for a walk or to do a sport. You can go on a bike or you can run or whatever, skate or whatever you want to do. Then from 10 to 12, you have the elderly people and people that have difficulties in moving, you know, and need to go out with somebody else. Yes. Then you have from 12 till seven, the kids and the parents. And then from seven to eight, again, the elderly people. People can go out one hour and then from eight o'clock till 11 at night, uh, again, people can go for a walk or, you know, a sport or whatever. So these are like, um, we are not all together at the same time, but uh, we have like times you can, you're allowed to go out. Okay. So... And what's your personal situation? Are you still in Madrid? Yeah, I'm still in Madrid. I'm still in Madrid. Last time we spoke, um, you were you were sort of isolated, as you say, on your own in Madrid. But your family were in Zaragoza, so you were, you, and so you haven't seen them for five or six weeks now. Is that right? I haven't seen them for nearly sixty days. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. And how's that been for you? I mean, is it been difficult? Oh, no, it's been um, when it's tough, of course. It's difficult uh, not to see them. But it's true that we speak every day many times. Now you have also WhatsApp. You can see each other. You know, you have... Uh, normally we, we are talking always on the phone. With my mother, we do the same thing, you know, with WhatsApp. We, mm-hmm. we speak with all my sisters and all of us all together. So maybe once a day or in weekends a little bit more. 
Mariana Mongassi in Madrid. My thanks also to Mark Nevin, Carlos Almeida, Julian Tynan-Omani and Paul Duff. And thanks to you for all your likes on SoundCloud, Instagram and Facebook. Keep them coming. My thanks as always to series producer Pat Hannon. Stay safe and stay sane. If you have a story to tell and would like to share it with us, use the voice memo on your smartphone or use the microphone on WhatsApp to record it. Then send it to us. Our email address is staysafestaysane at gmail.com. That's staysafestaysane, all one word, at gmail.com. You can also connect with us via our Instagram and Facebook pages at staysafestaysane or on Twitter at staysafeirl. Stay Safe, Stay Sane is a Highwire 21st Century Vox production. Until next time, stay safe, stay sane.